Hi, uh, welcome to the second ever episode of Painter Views. And I'm really happy to have an amazing painter and queer independent business owner and friend with me today. It's uh, Mary Margaret. Hi, Mary Margaret. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. <laughs> yeah, good to see you too. You have a beautiful setup there. Where are you right now? Um, I'm in my studio, my painting studio right now. Beautiful. Thank you for being here today. And um, we're going to talk about your art and your business and then go into a little bit discussion about the corona situation and how we're handling quarantine and about mental health in general. Um, so firstly, um, I'd love to talk to you about your art. I know that we met live painting at a queer festival together and you do these beautiful renderings of classical female nude. And that, since I've known you, has transitioned into your business, Marmalade Clothing. Um, so I'd love to open that up for you to talk about your art and your inspiration. Yeah, um, I feel like my art has two different parts to it. And one is marmalade clothing with these um, like skin tones and um, nudes. And I've got a few jackets that I can show here. Mostly what I do is painting on the backs of leather and jean jackets. So here's one leather jacket I've got um, with these kind of like knotted, tangled bodies. This is definitely one of my favorites. And then um, we've got this other one that's kind of more of what I've been doing lately, which is just single bodies. And I really want, I don't know, it's sort of, a part of the free the nipple campaign you know it's like wanting to feel like we can show our bodies without it being sinful or shameful um and yeah we've i'm i'm really getting into a deep like mythology of the company even um and starting to think about the origin story of it and even creating a mythos for it. So um, right now I'm working with some friends to rewrite the story of Adam and Eve from a more feminist perspective. That's awesome. Could you tell me how, how would that go exactly? Um, well, basically Adam and Eve, Eve always gets a bad rap about bringing evil to the world and everything. Um, but I think that's kind of ridiculous because it was called the tree of knowledge and the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. And I think like, how could that be a bad thing to have more knowledge? It just kind of sounds like they didn't really want women to like know about themselves or their bodies. So they were like, oh, don't, don't eat that. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I'm kind of writing it like Eve eats the fruit and gains this knowledge that we're all equal and that we're all beautiful. And then she makes marmalade out of the fruit and gives it to everybody. I found in the last couple of years that my art is very colorful and very queer, sexually exploratory, explorative. Um, so this is one piece that's sort of like, you can see it from both sides. Um, 
and it's a self-portrait of a vagina, my vagina. <laughs> and um, I love this piece because it was one of my more exploratory pieces, uh, like um, in terms of materials as well, because it's on plexiglass with wax and resin. So I'll let you get a little bit of a close-up of that. I love the texture on this piece. Yeah, it's beautiful. It, rem then, it reminds me of when you have um, embroidery and one side of the embroidery is really sharp and the other side has that like beautiful abstraction. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that. It oh, kind man, of like I, that with the glass as well and you switched it around. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and then that got me into um, more wax pieces. I'm, I'm forgetting what you call it right now. What is it? In well, whatever. You get like wax and you melt it. So this Let's is make a piece up a new name for that it. I did. A queer, huh? Let's make up yeah, a make new up name for it. Melty, waxy melty. <laughs> we'll call it that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, well, I'll show you this bigger piece first. This is like a, a painting I did that I really love. That's beautiful. So a lot of self-portraiture, a lot of weird skin colors. Um, and then in terms of like marmalade marketing, I've been really enjoying doing a lot of um, different visuals for that. So this is sort of like a bunch of hands reaching for the fruit, which in our case is an orange instead of an apple, if, if you're thinking Adam and Eve's story. Yeah. Uh, so this is the box that all the jackets come in. It's like you put a jacket in here oh, no. and get this in the mail. Yeah. I want the box. I want to put that on my wall. Yeah, I know you can. You can just unfold it and put it up. Yeah. It's giving me and a little bit of the, you know, the hand, the Michelangelo Christine Chapel hands of the, the human hand reaching. Yeah, it, it's giving me that. But cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're also thinking about, or well, I'm working on, as we speak, um, sort of like a, a comic book for the myth of Marmalade, the Adam and Eve story. And I, I know that queer female energy and identity is a really big part of, of the company as well, right? Mm -hmm. Let's see. I... I think, you know, just being a queer female and being raised in the South, I, you know, I didn't even, I didn't really know I was queer until I came over to California. It wasn't even an option in my life or in my head at the time. Um, and I felt, but I, I knew I felt really restricted in ways. And I then when I came to California and I found feminism like I'd al I'd always known the word feminism but I came here and I read articles and I I was like oh <laughs> the wage gap and all that and like thinking about body hair and like how there's such a double standard for a lot of women um that's really where I like it, it came into a lot of my art because, like, uh, 
it, I felt so restricted and I, I wanted to explore this in a way that other people could relate to and think about with me. Cause I think that's a big power of art is like these feelings that we're having as a community moving forward, we can communicate them through art. And so I wanted to explore my sexuality with visually with art and also explore like these feelings of feeling like I've been lied to mm. by like the patriarchy and all these systems that are already in place. Mm. And have you, I know that I saw the uh, recently you did a big shoot where you had I think it's 20 or so people all working together and I, I remember thinking like it's amazing this community that you're creating and the way that your art and your business is is bringing all these people together and um, mm -hmm. like you were just talking about art as a way of connecting people so have you have you been finding that that it's it's been connecting you more to others yeah absolutely I am absolutely astounded with the community that has been supporting it um i've had like i guess two big photo shoots thus far and every time it's more like a big party and everybody meets new amazing people in our community and uh, like it, it's like it has it's a life of its own i'm really excited about that part of it because that's a big focus for me is building the community and supporting our, you know, our feminist revolution, our queer revolution, our, you know, helping people learn more about queerness and the gender spectrum and the sexuality spectrum and like bringing us all together to a space where we we can really feel like we have our own utopia um, to feel safe. Our own garden of Eden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I like to call it Eve's garden. Like Eve, Eve is claiming it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, I love this so much. Um, yeah, that really resonates with me because I've been thinking more for myself and that's part of the inspiration for this series is, is um, art as a vehicle for connection and communication with others and it's really about how that can bring people together so that's really inspiring to me how you're making that happen um i wonder if we could move on to talk a bit about the quarantine and corona situation right now because obviously that's why we're about 20 minutes away from each other but we're doing this interview via zoom instead of in person because of quarantine and talking about um this community and connection and obviously that's I, in some ways being put on hold in other ways being translated to the digital realm so how 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 are you doing how is your quarantine been going we're about a month into it at this point um yeah there are definitely ups and downs to it um i think in the grand scheme of things my life has been changed probably less than most people because i was already working from home I have this beautiful studio that I'm working out of um, and we've got a yard for our dog. So 
I'm, I'm still, I, I, I've, I'm really lucky in terms of what's going on. And I definitely feel for people who are un, in unsafe situations or in toxic families, um, like, or just toxic home situations in general. Um, you know, me and my girlfriend, we live together and we've been through it before where we're both not working or slash working from home. And like, we've been lucky to be able to work through those difficulties beforehand. So we have a few more tools now. It's still difficult because it's like, we were just saying today, we spend all our time together. And when we do leave the house, either to go um, we, we have a horse together, so we to go visit our horse, let her out, or um, go for a walk, we usually do it together, and so it's like we get almost no space from each other, um, but we've, we've been, we're in therapy, we're in couples therapy over Zoom calls, so I think I definitely recommend anybody who is in a partnership or even alone and having like uh, you know, difficulty with mental health to reach out to therapists. And I just saw that you had a, a voucher for some free therapy. So that's awesome. Yeah, with Talkspace. That's what yeah. I've been using because I've been using online therapy since like the year before quarantine started. And now, now it seems to be the moment for online therapy to come through yeah. even more. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad that therapy is accessible to people. I think it's super, super important. Um, and I think there's some, some therapies can be really expensive. So I think there's some out there that are um, a little more accessible price-wise too. Like I think better help is what you use. And then there's something like family Burbank agency that you can call and that's like pretty cheap um relatively so yeah and there's been i know a friend of mine um therapist in la is doing uh, special discounts right now or it's only like 50 dollars per session so i know that i feel like everyone is adapting and trying to do every, what we can to help others while still surviving ourselves and i think that includes therapists as well so even yeah usual services can be have more opportunity yeah yeah I think about with them because for me I like I'm single so a large part of the difficulty with quarantine is isolation but then you like you were just talking about being in a partnership you have the other side where it's like um, isolation is difficult but then also spending all of your time with the same person and the intensity of that situation is also really difficult so we're very different problems that we might want to like switch for a while you want me to take Kimba for a little while she can come over here I could have self again I had one when I was like 15 I could go back that's hilarious <laughs> yeah I'm sure she'd appreciate that too <laughs> getting yeah. a little break from me <laughs> little holiday yeah I mean that's okay. the thing like it's still isolation but like isolation with a person so it's like I I used to be able to like go talk to friends about what's going on and I can still FaceTime them but it's it's hard to 
yeah, it, it's just like, if there is a fight, it's like, there's, it's hard to get room from that or get other people's perspectives like I normally would. Yeah, you'll like be on Zoom talking to a friend about it and Kimber's right next to you listening in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what I know you just talked a bit about therapy and how that's been really helpful. What are there any other good coping mechanisms during quarantine? I guess um, specifically for being with a partner in quarantine, but also for, for anyone. Um, well, just communicating at the start of the day, like whether you need space or whether you want to have together time. Um, yeah, I, I like to call it like meta communication. Like if there is a discussion going on, communicating what state you're in before you get into a discussion so that like they're aware of like if you're feeling um, like flustered or if you're feeling paranoid or if you're feeling um, claustrophobic like that's really important information for the other person to have um, when you're talking about something, uh, letting them know and like being able to set boundaries, which is really, I, it's been a learned skill, but difficult for me, like knowing when can I talk about something mm. and when am I too activated? Um, what else? Yeah, kind of like, talking about what kind of connection you want that day, whether it's like, I really feel like I need to talk about this thing at some point if you have time, or if it's like, um, I kind of want to put our problems aside for tonight so we can just have a fun night. And then like sometimes the other person might be like, I want that too, but it, this thing is eating at me too much and I don't think I want to spend time until we talk about it. So I think just kind of giving a little more empathy than you normal, like, you know, just being gentler on yourself and on other people. Because I find when I'm like stressed out about something and feel like I really have to get something done, I often let that like seep into my being and I'm more harsh towards other people too. Mm. And so, um, like, first of all, checking, am I being, am I giving a little more extra cushion or empathy to Kimber? And if that's hard, checking in with myself, if I'm giving a little more empathy cushion to myself. Mm. It sounds like, uh, even though it's very difficult, that the kind of lessons and skills learned during this time could be really helpful moving forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, th these are all things we've been working on anyway, because there are periods of time where we're at home, uh, like not having work, and so like don't have... Um, scheduled time apart so this is something maybe we're just one of those um classic codependent <laughs> lesbian <laughs> relationships but um <laughs> this is something we've been working on for the last three years and we'll continue to work on forever um but just like 
trying to be aware that these are really weird times and that just giving a little extra empathy during this time, I think is like really important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a lot of a lot of what I've experienced, it feels like what quarantine forces a much more intense version of what we're often already experiencing within ourselves or within our relationships. Yeah. They're like, I, yeah, and it sounds like that's kind of similar with the relationship too. It's like, but yeah, like you said, being gen, being gentle and understanding enough to know that this is a really intense time. So even though it's reflective of what happens in like normal times, it's still we're at like level ten right now. We've jumped. We've jumped. Yeah, up. yeah. And it's like I've been mostly talking about like being gentle towards the other person, but like my emotions are a lot ma- more magnified right now too. Mm. Like, um, yeah, I just had my period this past week, and like it it really run me through the ringer and uh it hit me a lot harder than usual and i was also coming to terms with the fact with how long this might last and also like just the fear in general mm. of what's happening to everybody and like what might happen to the older people in my family and all that sort of stuff so like i was it was a I was low this weekend and like had a, a few meltdowns and just like depressive days of like not getting out of bed and stuff. Um, thankfully, like I was pretty gentle on myself, knowing that like okay, this is not forever. I know that my period has something to do with this and. I think I'll be able to like get up and move a little bit more the next day and feel a little better. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It makes me think about how, how often something like your period or like an issue with a relationship or like whatever, something that's happening can be manageable at a certain time on its own but then when you have so many things hitting you from different angles it becomes really overwhelming even when you have as many coping mechanisms and like kindness and understanding towards yourself it still can just be like too much totally totally (laughs) yeah and then once it all piles up and then you're crying and you're like I don't know why I'm crying (laughs) Um, that happens, uh, that's been happening quite a bit, but it's like, then you just gotta remember, like, this is really intense, so. So what coping mechanisms have you found has been helpful through that, through that process this last week of being really overwhelmed and down and being able to come back to a healthier state, like being kind to yourself? Journaling is a big one for me. I really love journals. I go through like a journal a month. So this is my journal right now. Hey journal. Um, when I'm feeling like too uh, flustered to communicate 
I'll turn to it and it'll, I'll usually calm down and uh, at least be able to breathe and sometimes be able to um, make realizations about what I'm feeling. Mm. Um, like I was saying, running in the morning has been a really important for one for me, but I can only, you know, there are days that I just don't have it in me. Like when the period came along, I was, I was just getting up at like 1 p.m. I maybe a little more like noon, but like it, I was just useless all day. The most helpful things um, has been checking in with myself to see if I, I'm being gentle on myself. And I think as of a few weeks ago, I don't think I would have even known what that meant. Mm. But um, I, because I'm like gentle, like what, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean be gentle on yourself? Um, but I, there was one exercise that kind of really helped me see it. Um, I was like, freaking out about something and was having uh, just like really being like mean to myself and I couldn't even tell that I was doing it and my girlfriend um, asked me to pull up a, like a picture of myself as a kid and so I found one and actually I'll show it I'll show it to you um and she was like does she deserve to be told that she's being bad because she's late or because she's um not paying attention or like whatever it was that I was being mean to myself about and and I was like no I mean even then it was I was like oh but she's this and she's that and she's like can't can't stay focused um but then she was like here talk to my photo of Kimber as a kid and I was like oh my god of course I wouldn't say she's horrible because she can't take pay attention or she's like uh like defective or whatever which is the stuff that I was saying about myself mm. and so like that really hit home with like trying to understand what, what, where is this coming from that I'm being so mean to myself about these things and just recognizing it. And so I think it's still hard for me to catch it sometimes, but I just have to say the words like, are you being mean to yourself? Are you being gentle? And really trying to be honest about it. Yeah, that, um, that resonates with me a lot. Um, definitely about how it's so easy for us to not even realize how harsh we're being to ourselves compared to how we would treat someone else or a friend makes me I've used that exercise too about imagining myself when I was younger and how I would want that 
felt to be treated or like people say like be your own friend in terms of imagine mm -hmm. you were if you were your own friend what would you say to that friend right now and it's always so so much more supportive and more forgiving and <laughs> gentler like you said than we are to ourselves yeah i, I think mm -hmm. i think becoming aware of those thoughts instead of them being subconscious under the surface is kind of one of the first steps to be able to combat them totally yeah yeah and just like yeah like when i was a kid i always thought i was an ugly kid and like i think that thought is still somewhere in my psyche but I'm like, you know, if I saw me as a kid now, like, I wouldn't think they're an ugly kid. I'm just like, you're, you're a kid. You're a cute little, like, kid. So it's just like, you're, I think you're always your biggest critic. Yeah. And it's so hard to even catch it. Yeah. Definitely. I've, and I found that um, it just took time and it was, this is where I think about analogies of mental health to physical health of like good mental health is going, to, is like going to the gym every day. And one of the mental health gym machines is the exercises that you do to catch those kinds of thoughts. And maybe you're not going to catch all of them. Maybe like 99% will still slip through. But once you start getting some of them, you'll get more and more just like the weights on the machine start going up and over time it can build but it's like I think it's another part of being kind to yourself is also giving yourself time because these are like lifelong negative thought patterns right that have been drilled into us so it's not going to change straight away but it, it but it can change totally yeah and one of um I don't do this coping mechanism now, but it was something that got me from a place of deep depression to a place of like feeling gentler on myself. And it's actually one that you told me about, which is just like saying kind things in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so simple you hear it a million times but to actually take the time to be encouraged to take the time have a friend say you should actually do this um it's like you know i think one thing that's difficult for me is like i i hear about tools but i don't really put them in practice mm. and so like actually doing it just taking one minute or like you know, if you can't make it to the mirror, if you're just like that depressed, like look in the phone, like the selfie phone, you know, and just something, doing something. Another really good one that I'm getting from this book that I'm reading is um, sort of more of like a motivational technique. Um, because I, I struggle with motivation. Um, it, it was saying to draw a picture. So this is sort of about like, it's called, you're a bad ass at making money. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I want to feel that. I want to feel like I'm a badass at making money. And one exercise it says to do is 
to draw something that is exciting about the idea of making money. So I drew all my community of queer people and I wrote underneath it, like, I am so excited to make great spaces, resources, and products for my group of amazing queers. And I look at that every morning and then I open my, like, I, I kind of like try to open a door to my heart to let in abundance because um, 2019, I dealt with a lot of depression and some like medication changes and um, I was definitely in a lack mindset instead of an abundant mindset and whenever I do those tiny little gestures to like try to remember to let in abundance it really helps me feel a lot better and a lot more grateful throughout the day. Yeah that's it's so interesting how the, the exercise, the activities, it can seem so small, but once you actually find a way to be able to do them, it can make such a huge difference. And I, I feel like that, that can stop people sometimes because it seems so simple and so small that it's like, there's no way that something like this could really change my depression or change how I'm feeling. Like my, my feelings are so strong and overwhelming. Like how is journaling gonna help? But it really does once you actually find a way to be able to do that. Like you said, whether it's a friend encouraging you or whether it's whatever way you find to get there. Um, totally. Yeah. And I think they snowball, which is really great. You know, it's like down to the tiniest little thing. Like, you know, it just takes two seconds to just like pretend like I'm opening a door to my heart mm. and like think like, oh, I'm opening it to abundance. Like it takes two seconds. And when I do that, I feel that like just a tiny bit more able to like put my shoes on. And then like once I put my shoes on, it's not that hard to like walk up the steps. But when I think about going for a run, I often get really overwhelmed and I quit and I don't do anything so I, th I think these these little exercises I think having a lot of them set up like I really struggle to like remember to do something every day but when I just do like one thing that I remember then it'll snowball into other good things yeah definitely I think one thing that strikes me um, in this conversation is how like we were talking in the beginning about your business and from the outside to me, you really, you're, you've established this business yourself. You're doing really amazing, interesting things with it. And being this entrepreneur that takes what seemingly takes a lot of self-belief and confidence. And I think that's how a lot of people would view it from the outside. So. I think it's really, um, I think it's really inspiring to hear that you have these challenges uh, and you're still able to do what you're doing. Yeah, I, I think even when things are going well, things are still difficult. I think we only 
I don't know about everybody else, but for me, I only get like small glimpses of this like feeling on top of it or feeling like I'm doing well. And it has a lot more to do with being kind and gentle to myself than like what's actually going on in my life yeah. around me. Um, like things could be lined up really well for the next like few months and I could still feel really down and hard on myself if I'm not like really trying to make an effort to be gentle. Yeah. Yeah, I had, um, yeah. I think it's a big reminder that so much that we all focus so much on the external world all the time, like what we're doing, what's happening around us, whereas um, so much of our experience is really dictated by how we're perceiving it. Um, yeah. I had, yeah. A I had a message the other day from someone on Instagram saying, I think I had referenced depression, and they had asked me about it saying like, oh, well, do you, do you actually feel that way? Because um, you really seem to be doing all these things and you have friends around you all the time and you're being a painter, like you're living, you're living your life. Like it, it makes me feel really good in a strange way that you're, that like you're feeling similarly to how I feel, even though your life is seemingly going so well. I had that message from someone and it really resonated with me because like, I feel like we all have that for someone else. We're all on Instagram seeing people living their wonderful lives, assuming that everybody else is so much happier and healthier than we are. But so many of us are going through these same feelings and challenges, even if it seems like we're a, like a badass business person, got everything like completely summed up. It's like, no, I have, I have challenges too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, whenever somebody that I look up to opens up about struggles that they have with mental health or just like insecurities, I always feel this sense of like, oh, thank God it's not just me. <laughs> There's not something wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that definitely. And yeah. so I want to I want to say thank you for being so open and honest in this conversation for for being here today to talk about your work and yourself because um, I really think it for the people that are listening it's it's going to do that for them. Um, so thank you so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation. And your painting is about I'd say a quarter to a halfway done. <laughs> yeah. It looks really good. <laughs> she's getting there, you know, she's got she's got the eyes and the nose and other such things. Um, but yeah, well, uh, I'll keep going with it. Okay, great. Yeah, send me updates. I will do. <laughs> yeah, more accurately. But, yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was such a great, inspiring conversation and really great to talk to you as always. Oh, uh, thank you, you too. Virtual <laughs> quarantine hugs. Yeah. When you're missing touch from people, it's like you can, I guess like we just did, it's like hug yourself, but imagine. Yeah. It. it makes me think about like self-soothing. And I've been thinking a lot about self-soothing for myself recently. Mm -hmm. I, I think I, I used to feel like if I self-soothed, then that would mean that I was disconnected from people and isolated and it was a bad thing like I'd be putting boundaries between myself and other people so like it was right. connecting me to people to be so vulnerable and to like be dependent on them and lean on them 
and it's like only recently to be like yeah. back conversations I've had that I'm like actually like you can still be connected with people but be self-sufficient I think I often when I feel upset I turn to other people to like give me affirmations but I need to learn to do that for myself yeah it's quite a I've only, I've only had like certain glimpses of it so far but it's it feels really powerful when I am able to because it's like yeah it's that feeling of being completely like even when I'm having like a breakdown I can get through this and I don't even if there's no one around me or say like my usual support system isn't available like I can still get through it myself it's like a really really powerful like confident feeling I'm working on it yay yeah we're all just working on it (laughs) all just working on it yeah definitely doing our best chugging along so where can people find you and find out more about marmalade and instagram's a really good platform i'm mary.margaret.art and then my company is marmalade clothing and we've got some really exciting like giveaways coming up so uh follow us and stay tuned for that It's like he would definitely remember and be sweet to me if we saw each other. Yeah. So are you saying that you can or cannot set me up to go on a date with him? (laughs) Maybe if I kind of like reconnect and see how it goes, maybe then I could. (laughs) Okay. That starts to sound a little bit too... um, strategized for me I start to feel creepy like Mary Margaret become friends with him again so that I (laughs) (laughs) he's such a cutie so I don't blame you (laughs) I'd be strategizing I listen to like motivational cheesy pop and I love it nice because i just started pole dancing especially yet so the other day i kind of accidentally did a 10k because i only meant to do like more like 6k or something and i just kept going because i was listening to the greatest showman which is have you seen Uh it's like super motivational like inspirational music about like yeah go for it so i was listening to that and i was imagining myself pole dancing to that music but like being really good so I, I suddenly oh. you know I was kind of that gave me such a huge surge and I was like and I ended up running for like another another 4k just off of that and it really highlighted <laughs> to me how how like mental strength is so important 